0: Hare Krishna. Good morning, everyone. I'm just waiting for a few people to join and uh, we can begin the session once it is done. Uh, Meanwhile, as you are listening, if you're already there listening to this, uh, you can please leave some comments so that we can know who is present. What's happening?
1: What's not not in a month,
0: Hello, good morning. Uh, Is there anyone live here uh, listening to this talk? Yes, Ranjit, Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. M- m- morning, sir. Yeah. Good morning. Morning, sir. Yes, Sanjith. You have any questions? Uh,
2: so, uh, sir. So, uh, so, so before I'm going to start, uh, before you, I'm going to ask question, so can I let me know uh, what background you actually belong uh, belongs?
0: Uh, actually, I'm a spiritual enthusiast and I'm a follower of uh, Iskon. I'm a disciple of uh, His Divine Grace, AC Vedan, Swami Prabhupada. And I thought this is a very good platform uh, to have this wonderful session. So uh, I just want to share a lot of uh, wonderful stuff here. So I just want to start and I think that's how, uh, you know, we can uh, discuss more and you can ask me a lot of questions. So I see that there are a few people joining in. Do uh, you have any more questions, Ranjit?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, But 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 actually, uh, you mentioned that you are from ISCON. so I really know. I mean, uh, uh, you, it's really a great uh, platform where people having uh, coming from the Escon uh, platform and coming on this app. So it's really uh, good to talk to you, sir.
0: Thank you so much, Ranjit. Uh, you can keep listening to this talk. Uh, this particular session, uh, we are going to discuss a very very important topic today. So I welcome you to the show. Uh, thank you so much. Okay, all right, Hare Krishna, everyone. Good morning. I welcome all of you for this very first session on the Secrets of Success show. And thanks to the Open Talk team uh, for this wonderful platform. Uh, since we can share this uh, knowledge, uh, especially uh, when this whole world is gripped under the fear of coronavirus these days, uh, and people are uh, going into self-isolation, I think this is a great platform that we can all get uh, connected, stay connected. So that's wonderful. So on this show, actually we intend to share and discuss very relevant topics concerning human existence like identity crisis, relationship management, stress management, time management and meditation and many more. The knowledge that we are going to share here is going to be based on the time-tested principles of profound Vedic wisdom. It is not just uh, some informative knowledge, but it is transformative knowledge. And I can assure you that it is going to make you truly happy. Uh, I don't claim to know it all, uh, but the best way to learn is to teach. And as I am speaking, it's actually helping me to deepen my own understanding of the subject matter and also increase my own conviction. So, I urge all of you to join me in this journey of self-discovery. And uh, it's fantastic that you're all here. I really appreciate that. But before we begin the session, I think uh, it's better that we set some ground rules for the discussion because it's going to be an interactive session So let me tell you some ground rules so that we can have a very smooth conversation and discussion and a very meaningful discussion. So rule number one: if you have any questions, especially a one-liner question, you can just type and drop the message. And rule number two: if you have any doubt and you want to call me, uh, you can call me when I prompt. That would be very nice. And on call, I request you to try to keep your questions as brief as possible and to the point. And all open questions, I'll be able to take them once the session is done. But meanwhile, during the course, course you can always feel free to ask questions. So that way, it will be very nice. So hope that so, is sir, fine. Uh, yes, Ranjit, please tell me.
2: So, sir, sir, my first thing is that uh, I am basically a basically student and uh, studying in, uh, in subject. So, my first question, it's a very quick question. So, from the spiritual background and from the Hare Krishna uh, principle, what is the secret mm-hmm. of success?
0: Yes, that is exactly what uh, we are going to share today and uh, the topic itself, as we have mentioned, it is identity crisis. You know, to know your true identity is the first success of spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So, this is a discussion topic today and You know, that is what we are going to dive today. All right. Yes, sir. Right. right. Okay. So I think uh, there are about 11 people who have joined us. So let me ask you a simple question. Okay. open question to all of you. And that is, who are you? Who are you? I know there are many people there out. So I just want to know. Who are you? You can type. You have an answer. You can feel free to type. So that way it will be very nice. So who are you?
1: Okay. I am Joyce and good morning to you. How are you? I am good, madam. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hello.
0: Thanks for joining. Yes.
1: Yeah, actually I am um, a student of nursing and uh, today I, today is the first day of the, in this uh, app and uh, you are the first one and who talk with me right now <laughs> and I am very happy. And I'm right away happy.
0: I you a question, who are you? Although I know your name, I am still asking you a question, who are you?
1: Um i am i am a woman and i am the creator of my own destiny
0: fantastic so you are woman <laughs> and then you said you are a creator of your own destiny so yes. any more uh, there anybody who wants to uh, share something about this who are you there are some some more people listening you can actually type your answers that way it will be very nice hello yes i i'm listening actually i'm listening
1: to you yeah um, uh, Actually, I want to know from you that what is the root of success? And uh, hello.
0: Yes, yes. The very first important thing that we are discussing today is the root of success or the very first principle of success is to know your own identity. That's why I'm asking you this very fundamental question that who are you? Although you told me that you are a woman, but you know, I did not ask your gender, i am asking you who are you i did not ask your gender
1: yeah but it's uh, it's totally tough for uh, telling something but uh, just online see? i know just on, online i know that i am the creator of my own destiny
0: see although this is a very simple question um, you know just who are you but people are so perplexed you know they are unable to answer this very simple question who are you who am i who am I? Are there more people who want to type your answers? They can let us know. Okay, so I see that there are... Uh, this question is uh, very tough, although it looks seems to be very, very simple. But then, yes, I see somebody replying that I am a soul. Although when we look into the mirror... We actually see our body, we see our eyes, we see our nose, we see our hands and legs, but we haven't seen our soul. So although this question, this answer you have mentioned is true, but I think we need to understand it from a scientific point of view and get convinced that yes, that I am the soul. So that is uh, the discussion today that we really want to ensure and make people very convinced that what is their true identity. So let's go ahead. Uh, before we get into this discussion identity crisis what do you mean or what do you understand what is identity what do you mean by identity how do we define identity I think unless we know this it is difficult to understand identity crisis so what is an identity identity All right. According to the dictionary meaning, one of the meaning is that identity is something that never changes. That means if there is any transformation that leaves an object or a thing unchanged, that is called as an identity. So what is an identity? It's a transformation that leaves an object unchanged. Basically, they're trying to say that if you have an identity, it shouldn't change. And what is crisis? Crisis means it's a time of intense difficulty or intense danger. That is what is crisis. Now, identity crisis means it is actually our inability to specify one's own role or characteristics. And that is considered as identity crisis. It's a very basic definition. Just like when I asked uh, Jaya Rivera, she said that, oh, it is a very difficult question. Uh, although it looks very simple, but I really don't know. She said that I'm a woman. But woman is a gender. Then many people say that, oh, I'm an Indian. But Indian, as an Indian, you it's your nationality. But I'm not asking your nationality. Then some people say that, oh, I'm a professional, but I'm not asking what profession are you? I'm an engineer. I'm a doctor. No, that is not our true identity. It is actually a functional identity. All these are like I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm an Indian. These are all our functional identities. They are not our fundamental identities. So when we don't understand that. What is our fundamental fundamental identity? That is when we face identity crisis. So is there any question, by the way, if you have any questions, please drop a question. This is the basic definition but if you have anything to say about identify uh, about an identity you please let me know that will be great hello hi sir uh yes good morning analyzer yeah, very, very good
2: morning sir how is sir
0: yes i am good you have any questions
2: ah uh, yes sir i got it uh, that uh, i really uh, like that your topic who you are identity crisis yes <laughs> yes sir <laughs> for who you so, are yeah it is that okay that uh, analyzer mm-hmm
0: so, Analyzer, you have kept a very good name. So now, it's your time to analyze your true identity. And that is why we're going to discuss this very important topic, okay? Yeah, so, right. who are you by the way?
2: Yeah, I'm an Analyzer.
0: Oh, you're an analyzer. That's your name.
2: Yeah. No, that's not, not my name. But uh, my my parents, they kept the other name. But I like to be an analyzer to understand everything, to understand the people, to understand the universe
0: fantastic you are a very you are at a very right place, and uh to understand the universe, you should understand yourself first so yeah yeah that's fantastic true, yeah. and I'm happy that you have joined here. You can please continue to listen uh so yes, okay. by definition, when we see that actually identity means that something that does not change, but when people say that I'm an Indian mm-hmm. I'm a man, I'm a woman and all these things, these identities can be changed. Tell me one thing. Can we change our nationality legally? Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. We can actually change our nationality. I can actually uh, get, uh, get a green card, uh, US green card or a Canadian green card. I can go to Australia and become a citizen of different countries. That is very much possible legally. Can I change my name? Legally? Yes, yeah. I can actually change my name. Uh, Sam can become Shum, Uh And yeah. I can legally change my name. That is very much possible. Similarly,
2: you can, can I change my also. You can change your religion also. Your caste, religion, everything you can change, man. Caste right? can be changed.
0: Religion can be changed. I am telling you today, if we can actually change even our gender, you know, a yeah. man can become... Woman can become a man. So of that course. means when I say I'm a woman or a man, all these different identities can be changed and hence these things, these identities cannot be my fundamental identity. I'm something beyond this body. All these different identities that we mentioned are actually dependent on the environment that we are placed into. Exactly. So I think it will be very uh, clear with this particular analogy. Let me uh, uh, share this with you. Let us imagine, okay? Let us imagine Mm -hmm. the process of identification. Let us understand this very nicely and fundamentally. Uh, Consider a very hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the situation is like, imagine that you have just watched a movie in a theater. You have come out of the theater. And the next thing that you want to do is, you want to go to your home. So when you start from the theater, sitting in your car, you're going to your home. On your way, you see a market. When you see a market, subconsciously you identify with the market and your subconscious mind tells you, I'm very close to my home. So as you progress in your journey, you reach the main gate of your society. And when you see the security guard there, you identify with the security guard and then you feel, ha! Ah, I have reached my society. And moment you enter the gate and you reach the society, the next thing that you identify is which tower do I belong to? Yeah. I belong to the A tower, B tower, or whatever it is, you identify with the tower you belong to. And moment you identify the tower, you get into the lift. Can you guess when you enter the lift? Mm -hmm. What is the next thing that you will identify in the lift? Number. Floor number. Yes, you will actually identify with the floor number. You press that floor number and when you get outside the lift, what is the next thing that you will identify now? House number. Yes, you will identify the door number and you will knock. Okay, you ring the bell and you enter and moment the door opens, You identify with your family members, either it's your husband or a wife or a children. You identify with your family members and you meet and greet. Oh, so wonderful. So you're happy. When you (laughs) enter the home, can you tell me what is the next thing that you will identify with inside the home? The next thing that you identify is actually your room number, your room, your bedroom. and. You know, you go to a specific bedroom, your bedroom, you keep your bag and everything. You see what is happening here is what I'm trying to drive across is that subconsciously when we identify with certain things or objects or people in our environment, that gives us certain sense of security. You know, every time I identify with a particular object or a thing, it gives me a sense of security. And that is what makes us very happy. ha, ah, I am secure. I am now at home. So all happening right now subconsciously. Now imagine, let us continue. Now imagine the very same day, in the night, you have dinner with your family members. And after having dinner, you go back to your room and you go to bed and you sleep. Yeah. But early morning, when you wake up, You don't wake up in your bedroom. Just imagine you have woken up in a desert in Afghanistan. What do you think will happen to you? Because all around you, 360 degrees, you can only see sand and nothing else that you can identify. What do you think will happen to that person? How do you feel when you have completely in an isolated or a completely new environment, you cannot identify anything. Your mobile is not there, your family members are not there, your apartment is not there and nothing else. All you can see is just the sand around you. You will actually feel very insecure because you are unable to identify with anything. All the external environment with which you are identifying till then has all gone, and that leads to identity crisis. So that's a very serious thing. You will experience a lot of anxiety and lot of fear because you are unable to identify of any identify with any external environment. so uh, I want to make it even more clear let us discuss another very important analogy just imagine now
2: bro one second one second you told yes. that if you told that if you if you are in afghanistan if you, you feel everything with the strange You don't know anything like that you said no we can exchange yes. it brother see if the people they are not much knowledge it means so the it is a country right we have we have the thoughts that yeah it is a country, even there are also people out there. I'm in the wrong place, yeah, we can go means if you have confidence if you, if you have something means uh you can change it right
0: Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Eliza, but I said you are in a desert, and absolutely at that moment, there are no people, there is nothing around you. it is just sand. There is sand. There is nothing, absolutely nothing around you. And that is what I said. When you are unable to identify with your environment, that creates a lot of anxiety and fear. So that is why it is called identity crisis. I want to give you another analogy, and that will help you a lot uh, to understand this particular concept that I'm trying to share. Just imagine now, all of you, please imagine that I give you a pen. You are holding a pen in your hand. And right now, You are in your office and somebody comes and asks you, hey, who are you? Then you will say, I'm a professional. What is in your hand? This is a pen. All right. That is fantastic. This is scene number one. Scene number two, you're holding the pen and you have gone to a friend's party and you have no idea. You are not connected with any people there. You don't know anyone in that party. Suddenly a person comes to you. And ask you, hey man, who are you? Then you will say, I am a friend of such a person and that is how you will introduce yourself. So now your identity is based on somebody's relationship. You have your relationship with somebody and he will ask you the next question. What's in your hand? And you will say, this is my, this is a pen. This next, let's go to a scene number three. You have gone to watch Olympics in a different country. And there are people of different nationalities over there. And you are still holding the pen and somebody comes and asks you, hey, who are you? Then you will introduce yourself, oh, I'm an Indian. What's in your hand? You will say, oh, it's a pen. So if you analyze these three scenarios in in your office, in the party, and in a different nation, every time you introduce yourself, was based on the environment you were placed in. But if you see and analyze, the pen in your hand did not change its identity. Whether it was in the office or in the party, whether it's in land or water or in air, the pen has a very unique identity. No matter where it is, which environment it is, the pen remains the same. The identity is same. So my question to all of you, is there an identity identity? Is there, do we have an identity unchanging like that pen? The answer is yes, we do have, we do have an identity which cannot be changed. We do have a wonderful identity that cannot be changed. And now the question is, what is that identity? But you know what happens? Most of the people today, many people, they wear a lot of masks, many, many masks, layers of masks. And that is why people are not happy, because they are something else externally and internally. So there is a difference. There is a conflict. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, in 2008, when there was a recession, a global recession, many people went to the office uh, just like any other day, but they found pink slips on their tables, and they were asked to leave the job. They lost their jobs. In fact, their identity cards were taken away. And they completely lost their identity. And that created a lot of identity crisis because they could not relate to that company anymore. So these kind of things are very dangerous. Why dangerous? Because we have no control over our environment. We have no control over our environment. Our environment keeps changing. And moment the environment changes, we experience an identity crisis. And that is what happens to all of us. Especially when we are, uh, there are a lot of transitions in life uh, from a student to a professional, from professional to being, uh, from being single to uh, getting married. Every time there is a transition in life, people experience different types of identity crisis. And that's very dangerous because uh, the environment changes and my whole attitude and my whole actions and everything gets oriented according to the identity that I refer to. All right. So uh, what I'm trying to say is people are so absorbed in superficiality that they have forgotten their reality. And that's a very dangerous situation. Many, uh, many people, especially uh, many popular people uh, who are athletes, who are, uh, you know, uh, professional, great, great uh, uh, politicians. There are sportsmen and all these uh, people who are so popular, so beautiful and so handsome. uh, Most of them are actually uh, putting on a show and their lives are empty. Uh, They are leading a very superficial life and they are all trying to be someone which they are not. And uh, they are all trying to put on a show to the world. And the worst of all is that they are trying to put on a show to themselves. Their whole life is acting. just. Not just on the stage, but even off stage, most of the people are acting. And material success, it gives initially a very, it's very enthralling. It's very intoxicating. And there's so much pleasure and so much prestige. There is wealth. But what to do? The hearts are empty. And common people being influenced by these popular people, they dress, they walk, they talk under the influence of such people being driven by the media. And there is so much of uh, expectations from people. I don't know if uh, you have experienced this. Most of the time, we orient our life based on people's expectations. It may be our own parents, it can be our relatives and family members. So most of the time, we see that our life is designed based on people's expectations. And that is not right, and that is not good. You can remember, I'll tell you one thing. We can please some people for some time, but not all the people all the time. I repeat that again, we can please some people for some time but not all the people all the time. If you want to know if you're facing identity crisis, just ask yourself. People love you for what you are or people appear to love you because what they want you to be. You know, if I match their conception, they love me and if I don't, then I'm a social outcast. So we have to stop living this deprecious life. We have to understand that. Uh, what is my true identity? You know, this is the generation. This is a I generation. We call it as I generation. In the uh, time of Internet and iPhones and iPads, it's all about I, me and mine. The fundamental question of life is, who am I? Actually, we are not born... When we come out of a mother womb, we are actually born when we ask the question, who am I? What is the meaning of my life? Where did I come from? When you ask questions and uh, you, know, you start inquiring and you start uh, finding out the answers for these, that is when, you know, our real life begins. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, if you have any questions... Uh, with whatever we have discussed right now you can feel free to ask any questions uh, before we go to the next uh, discussion, before we actually start discussing something more important
2: Bro, now one thing, I want, uh, one question I want to ask uh, then who you are man you... Who am I? Who you are
0: Fantastic, I am very happy with that question but uh, I am going to answer that very soon and you have to be patient to listen to that answer Yeah, sure. Good, wonderful so, is there anyone who want to ask any question uh, with whatever we have asked? I know it is very difficult even for me because I'm not able to see all of you. I can just listen to all of you. Uh, so, it's only when uh, I know we get a response from people, uh, you know, we get inspired also to uh, share more things. Uh, I'm very happy if you can ask me some questions.
2: Yeah, I have another question, but I will ask after this uh, after this question, okay?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Yes, I see that uh Nishant Trivedi is here and he wants to ask some question. Uh, Hello Yes Nishant.
3: Yeah. Can you spell your name for me? I can't uh you know I can't take it wrong because I'm not able to spell
0: Okay, it is actually uh R-A-S-A-J-N-A and uh it is pronounced as Rasagnyadas. Rastagnadas
3: okay that's all. okay that's why I'm I, I'm okay that I didn't uh, spell it myself because it would have been wrong then he would not have uh, yes like, yes many people actually yeah.
0: get my name wrong and uh, they have a tough time to pronounce it so uh, <laughs> it is yeah. Das yes so have so, been- i have
3: yeah I have something but uh, yeah uh, so I want to uh, this is a really you know interesting topic that you have been talking about yes. I didn't crisis so uh, I want to say about this like can you actually tell me who am I like what is my personality something like that
0: yes yes exactly now it's a very interesting question and uh, uh, we are going to discuss that so
1: yeah
0: since you asked me about the personality let me uh, start with something very important yeah see in the beginning of the 19th century Many scientists and many great people, they wanted to understand what is human intelligence? What is human intelligence? And uh, actually, Aristotle gave a very nice definition that uh, man, as a rational animal, uh, has uh, intelligence which is the capacity to think rationally, act purposefully, and deal effectively with one's environment. So, that is how uh, they had defined intelligence, human intelligence. Mm-hmm. And th- all these studies, uh, based on the Aristotle's uh, definition, it led to uh, mm-hmm. something called as IQ. Psychologists devised many tests to understand mm-hmm. IQ. IQ basically means intelligence mm-hmm. quotient. So, when they identified IQ, what they said was, a person who has high IQ is actually very intelligent. A person who has low IQ is very less intelligent. So that is how, so that is how people were categorized uh, based on the IQ levels. But somehow in some cases they saw and they identified that it is not just IQ, there is a second cue. And that progressive understanding led to another Q, that is EQ. EQ is emotional quotient. So what is yeah. EQ, emotional quotient? Actually, EQ gives us an awareness of our own and other person's feelings and emotions. Yeah. So w- when a person is very uh, uh, high in EQ, he can yeah. understand, he can perceive other people's emotions very nicely. Yeah. So all this was fine. In fact, when people were having this uh, earlier, uh, uh, you know, people...
3: It is is very good to understand other emotion and also it helps us to, you know, I think if a person can get other person's feelings, it will help him in a lot of ways.
0: Exactly. Yes. So EQ helps to understand all these emotional factors very nicely, not just about one's own uh, emotions, but other emotions also. Yeah. So... So they found out that actually a person with a very high IQ of 120 or more was Mm -hmm. unable to perform well in the exams compared to a person with IQ with just 80 or 90. Mm -hmm. Because they know that emotions, the person, although he may have high IQ, but if he's emotionally Mm -hmm. overpowered with fear and anxiety, Mm -hmm. they cannot perform. Actually, your IQ... Your question is dependent on your emotional question. If you are emotionally unstable, no matter how intelligent you are, yes. you're not going to perform well. That is how many people who are very intelligent, but when they sit in front of an interview, oh and my they God, they, they are so stable stable emotional, they just can answer. Although they know the answers. And the yeah. same thing happens with many students as well. You know, they are prepared and they study so well. But then when they are in front of the question paper... Uh, that's all. They just forget everything. So, because so they're see, all about... What you
3: say? Can I ask you one question in this? If you don't
0: yes, Nishan, I, please.
3: I just want to say in this thing that you said when a person in an interview, they answer the question. So, if a person is high in EQ, emotional question, so he, mm-hmm. will, be, so he will flapper a lot, no? That's what you saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Clapper a lot. That that's the if he is high in EQ, then he will not be able to uh, question uh, answer the question in the interview. Is that what you are saying?
0: No. What I am trying to say is, although IQ is important, yeah, IQ, yeah. but just IQ alone is not enough because if you although you are very intelligent, but if you are emotionally disturbed. You yeah. cannot function well intelligently. You cannot actually yeah. intelligently
3: <laughs> what I'm asking about this. Asking but that doesn't
0: guy. mean that you will pass an interview just because you have IEQ. No, you definitely need to have IQ also. Because if he's asking you a technical question, then you really have to give a technical answer. You cannot emotionally yeah. just very nicely smile and the interview will pass you. No, that's not going to happen. So but IQ is dependent on EQ. That is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Okay. But In the later 1990s, this study did not stop just with IQ and EQ. Actually, people and many psychologists understood that there is another Q and that is SQ. And what is SQ? SQ is spiritual quotient. And unless we understand what is SQ, we cannot really control our emotions. Okay. If we do not control our emotions, I cannot control my IQ. I cannot act intelligently. So IQ is dependent on EQ and EQ, your emotional quotient is actually dependent on SQ. And uh, readers digest and there are many articles on the internet. You can actually find out that how people with high SQ, especially those who believe in God and who offer regular prayers, they yeah. are much stable than people who do not. Yeah. That means it is actually that these people are emotionally very strong. Anyway, so this is how uh, you know people are based on different times and studies. People are categorized and their personality is defined accordingly. But there is another important thing that I want to share with all of you, and that is, let us understand and analyze our own body right now. Because earlier also there was a question that, who am I? You're saying, okay, all these stuff's and identity and identity crisis, but can you tell us who am I? So let us understand our body. Yes. Actually, if you see, uh, medically speaking, doctors say that most of the human body is water. Almost 70%, 72% of our body is water. And yes. it is also found that in our human body, there are about 5 pounds of calcium, and there are about uh, one and a half pounds of phosphate and about nine ounces of potassium. There are six ounces of sulfur and sodium. There is one ounce of magnesium and about less than an ounce each of iron, copper and iodine. So the human body with all these different chemicals in our body and the materials, these minerals in our body, yeah. we can, if we extract all this from our body, this human body, there is enough lime in our body to make five cakes of soap. Can you imagine if you extract oh. all from the human body, you can make five cakes of soap. And if you extract all the iron from the human body, it can make six small nails, small small nails, you can make iron nails. Yeah, and if you extract all the phosphorus from the body, you can make twenty matchboxes. and if you extract all the sugar, you can sweeten ten cups of coffee. That much sugar is there in our body. So, can you guess now, what is the worth of all these chemicals that we have in our body? Can you just guess? All of you. Is there any answer?
3: uh, Like, sorry, what? Again?
0: With all these chemicals in our body, can you guess, what is the worth of all these chemicals?
3: Like around in figures.
0: Yes, like what is the amount? How much rupees? Can you if you if you have to uh, put all I them in rupees? What is the worth of these chemicals? I
3: think there will be there will be a lot. I think in I uh, am not I am just uh, mil- I think a million or billion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you are saying it's going to be million or billion. Billion. <laughs> Maybe okay. even
3: because, you know, chemicals, some, some of the chemicals in our body are very, very, you know,
0: very there to find. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So,
3: what do you say in this? Am I right or wrong? I might be
0: wrong, I know. With uh, all these, uh, you know, examples that I gave you earlier about the iron, and phosphorus and all that, you know, the worth is actually just about 810 rupees or maybe 1000 rupees because of the inflation these days. It is just worth 1000 rupees. All the chemicals in our body is just worth thousand rupees. Now, can you believe that you are just a bag, a bundle of thousand rupees? Are humans just a bundle of thousand rupees? How many of you are ready to believe that? No,
3: not at all. We are, we are around, we can make many things of, like, people have done, like, human have done with his mind, with uh, their mind, they have done uh, some very, some very, yeah, some very good things, some very, Enormous things around the world. So just see, of- just
0: fantastic. Actually, there are so many things that we have done. What yeah. I'm trying to say is we, we just now discussed about the different types of emotions. We as human beings, we exhibit lot of emotions. Yeah. So how can it just be a bundle of chemical? It cannot just be a bag of bundles, but a bag of chemicals. Yeah. Tell me one thing, all of you. Suppose there is uh, you know, uh, your friend has bought a a beautiful, very uh, uh, wonderful car. And that car is about worth, say, Mercedes car or a BMW that is worth 50 lakh rupees, a BMW. And uh, he is so happy. And uh, the BMW is uh, taking him everywhere around. And unfortunately, your friend meets with a terrible accident. And when you get to know about this accident, tell me one thing, all of you. Uh-huh. Will you first go and take the car to the garage or you will take your friend to the hospital? What will you do?
3: I think first of all, we uh, have to see the situation.
0: What is critical? If a man has been hurt really bad, then we will is, take it's the a first terrible accident. accident. I'm telling you, it's a terrible accident. And now when you understand that it's a very ghastly situation there, this, it's a tough situation, you, will you take the car which is worth 50 lakh rupees to the garage or you will take your friend to the hospital. What will you do?
3: I think I'll take, <coughs> just, if I'm only, only I'm there or I can take a friend, I can take some people with me.
0: See, my question is very simple, Nishant. So, uh, you know, most of no, us. I'll, I'll
3: just, it's a fun, it's a fun thing, it's a fun thing I'll just do, but I'll just do, I'll take my friend who can take my friend to hospital and I can try to manage to take his car to garage for so both of vah,
0: So you just don't this want to give is, up at thing <laughs> that <laughs> Okay, so that's fine, but I know that most of you, under that situation and circumstances, most of us will take our friend to the hospital. You will leave the BMW aside, yeah. uh, at least temporarily, exactly. uh, for time being. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is here, we are just not some bundle or a bag of chemicals. No. I mean, if yeah. there is a BMW is lost, I can definitely get another BMW. No yeah. problem. But if I lose a friend, I'm not going to get another same friend, is it not? Yeah. We know that. and, and, and never Yeah.
3: And also one more thing there is, I think that if a person, any person that you see in front of you, if you're not, you know, stone hearted, then if you're seeing a person in a critical situation, obviously mm-hmm. there will be fear that come inside you that you have to help this person that if he die, what happens? What if he dies? What will he? Let's these are the emotional trauma that happens in our uh, body and our mind at that time. when we are seeing exactly. a critical situation yeah. And we forget about b m w what happened to b m w how many rupees will that something that will not uh, come to, will, that will not come to our mind first. first yes, what yes. will come to our mind is that we can how can we, we can help that person because if he dies because if something happens permanently to him then what are we going to say the you know the responsibility kind of thing comes for us comes, comes to us
0: okay you know, yeah, fantastic. Possibly, yeah. Uh, very nice. As we were discussing about this uh, uh, body concept and trying to understand the human body, uh, there is someone called as e- Eko, and he says that uh, according to yoga the, and spirituality in meditation, there is no single identity. Uh, I'm going to come to that point, Eko. Uh, you have to be online and try to uh, be patient to come to that point. Uh, it's a very fantastic question. I really appreciate that question. Uh, as human beings, you just said that we are made up of five elements. We are just made up of five elements. We are definitely going to come to that. Uh, it's a very interesting question. Uh, by the way, let's continue. How many of you have heard about Sophia? Sophia is the robot. How many of you have heard about the Sophia robot?
3: Um, I have heard it a little bit. I have heard about it. I don't
0: know. And, uh, she has also got a citizenship, an Arabian, uh, citizenship. She's a citizen in, of Saudi Arabia right now, although she's a robo. Wow. Now, the question is to all of you, what is the difference between a robot and a human being? What is the difference between a robo and a human being? Um, uh, the YouTube video about Sophia. You ask her any question and very nicely she answers to your questions. She's just like human being. But I'm still asking, what is the difference between a robot and a human being? Uh, I As think you, first of all, normal emotion. That the robots can also be made up of five elements. Uh, they can. Yes, in fact the robots also are, uh, of course they are just made up of earth, but I, I have earth and fire. But I'm saying that if you make a robot of five elements, there will be still difference between a human and a robot. What is the difference between a robot and a human being? Um,
3: If these five emotions can be put through, then there is hard to differentiate. But I will definitely say that the emotions are something that uh, make us different from the robot. Emotions are something that some emotions, I think, are only found in humans. There are some Mm -hmm. rare emotions. That at uh, a stage of emergency, immediate action we have to take and then some emotions come into our uh, own that we can't, we are not able to predict it in our own. We we don't see it often in ourselves, but when an immediate action has to be taken, then some emotions run through our head that we also don't.
0: All right. So basically, if you see uh, when a robot sees a particular object and a human sees a particular object. A robot sees it through a sense, sensors, there are different sensors, and we have a human sensor called the eye. Yeah. But when a robot sees a particular rose, when a robot sees a red color rose, yeah. the robot has no consciousness, and it has no judging capacity, and like you mentioned, there are no emotions in a robot. Emotion. But... When a human being sees a red rose, it creates a certain feeling. So, there are yeah. emotions. It invokes certain emotions in humans. So, there is a difference of consciousness. The robot does not have consciousness. And there is no judging capacity.
3: Judging capacity.
0: There is no judging so capacity I, in I want the robot. But humans have an experience. They have an experience of a red rose. Or, well, you know, if I see a colored blood, it's going to create fear in me. Most people are very afraid of seeing blood, you know, but a robot is yeah. red colored blood or a red color. and the red colored blood has no difference. It makes no difference. Yeah. It has no emotions. Yeah.
3: Because they don't have this experience thing that we have yeah, in us exactly. well. because we do one thing first time and then we create an assumption of that thing. Then we see that yes. thing again and again and uh, our fear of it comes out and these are things that happen similarly but i want to ask you one thing about this similar thing yes
0: that you
3: know, yes. Uh, that movie robot uh, of rajekant in that thing you know i am not uh, sure that because i don't know much about technology
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: i ask, sometimes in do, those movie it has been uh, shown that you can put certain emotions in, an ro- in a robot if you want to so is, is that possible actually if you you can actually try to Uh, put Uh, some emotions through it's a good question Uh,
0: I know uh, there are certain movies made on that but uh, scientifically speaking that is not possible Uh, anything that is made up of materials especially five elements uh, earth, water, fire, air, ether the Spancha Bhutas and especially which is man-made you cannot create something uh, a machine with consciousness that is not possible Uh, So, So, speaking, what they show is is not right. That is not possible at all. But the question here now is, when we are discussing about the difference between a robot and a human being, we discussed about an experience. When we say an experience, there is an experiencer. Why I'm saying this, just imagine, when we see a red rose, and the red rose I'm able to see because the red rose is reflecting the light, red color light, light, and that light falls onto my retina. It falls on the lens of my eyes. The lens inverts it, and the inverted image falls on my retina. The moment it falls on the retina, the retina converts that light into a biochemical signal yeah. the brain. Question is. The image which is physically present outside is gotten converted got converted into an electrical biochemical signal, then who is seeing the rose? Who is experiencing the rose? The brain, is uh, just, the brain is just processing the signals from different senses, eyes, ears, nose, and all that. But who is experiencing that means there is an experiencer within yeah. our body. Now, the question is, who is that experiencer? Who is the experiencer within us? I Let's understand. Think, us. Yeah. Let's okay. Understand. Can I give a
3: Can I give a suggestion? Then you can t- tell me that I am wrong or right, and then you can explain.
0: It will be much more.
3: I, I say that they are uh, our nervous system.
0: See, I, I, it's a. It's like. You know, when you have a computer,
3: yeah.
0: in a computer there are so many, uh, uh, you know, wires connected yeah. and those let's wires, are, they can be an experience. The yes. nervous, the, the nerves and the nervous system is just a wiring within the body. It's not an experience. Okay, let's, you uh, uh. <laughs> Let us use our common sense here. When a person dies, when a person dies, we all say, Oh, he passed away. He has left me. He has gone. Why do we say, when we see that person's body lying right in front of us, we say, he has passed away. That means, who has passed away? Who has gone away? That means all our life when we say that I love this person, I actually have seen only the body, but when a person dies, we say he has passed away. That means there is something inside the body who has passed away. Yeah. No, I will tell you, many people when... Uh, Nishant, I'm sorry, but I think there is some disturbance behind.
3: Just, uh, a, just a... Just
4: uh, i request
0: yeah. you uh, to so that others also will have a wonderful experience listening this talk so please avoid as much as possible all the disturbances yeah. okay yeah this is fine so when a person dies when a person dies you know we don't even call that dead body by their name oh pitaji ko ye. we don't say like that you yeah. know we say you know lift the body body ko cremation ko leke chahiye. body ko burn karo yeah. we say body ko burn karo. that means it's so useless and you know when a person dies the body is immediately taken out they don't want to keep the body at home you can even sometimes people are ready to keep some dust and straws in the home for two days three days but a dead body they want to immediately take away and cremate yeah. it and burn it off That means the body which is made up of Panchibhuta, the five elements, is less value, has less value than the straw and the dust at home. And all our life, I am trying to pamper this body, giving its nice clothes and giving nice food and so many things we do to the body. But at the point of death, this body has no value. No value, yeah. Immediately. Immediately, it is taken away and burnt away. So that means, if somebody has passed away, there is someone behind, there is someone within the body. So that is what common sense, common sense says us. Okay. By the way, I'll ask you another question, a very interesting thing. All of you, please pay attention. This is very interesting, and I'm sure that you will like this. If I ask you, the watch that you're wearing, whose watch it is? What will you say? Okay. If I ask you, Hmm. Whose watch are you wearing? What will you say? So uh,
3: My answer would be...
0: Uh, I think you will definitely say, it is my watch. Is I it not? A- you will not say, it is I am the watch. You will no. say, it is, it is my watch. Yeah, definitely. Correct? If I ask you, whose hand is that? You will no. say, it is my hand. No. You will never say that no. I am no. the hand. It is wrong. Now, if I ask you, whose body is this? You will all say, it is my body. You will never say that I am the body. So, (laughs) So now the question is, let us understand this. The watch is your watch. You are not the watch. That means there is a difference between the watch and you. There is a difference. Similarly, when you say, this is my body... Yeah. The body this is
3: body to from me is differentiated me.
0: But I'm not the body. We so are not the But I am not the body. So this is how through intuition also we can understand that we are something different from this body. By the way, another interesting thing: there is no consciousness in the robot, but we have consciousness. Okay. What is the consciousness?
3: Consciousness is something, a feeling that immediately comes into us when we, uh, whatever experience or walk something at the first sight.
0: Let me explain this to you, Nishant. I think you can hear and you can uh, ask questions uh, when I prompt. I think that will be very nice. Yeah. So, So the consciousness is like a magnetic field. You know, just like a magnet has a magnetic field around it, Similarly, in our body, there is a field completely flowing across the body and consciousness. But this magnetic field called consciousness within our body is the symptom of the soul. The souls, the presence of the soul within the body makes, is like a magnet and that has a magnetic field called consciousness. Just by any chemical combination, just if you bring out all these five elements, Panchabhutas, earth, water, fire, air, ether, and combine them together and create a body, you can create a body, but you cannot actually create consciousness because consciousness is a symptom of the soul. The moment the soul leaves this material body, there is no consciousness. For example, now if I take a small pin and prick your body, if I take a small pin and prick your body, you're going to feel a pain. A lot of pain. But if I take a knife and chop the hand of a dead body, the dead body is not going to revoke back because it is dead. There is no consciousness. So when a small pin can prick and give you pain, that is because of the consciousness. And the consciousness is the symptom of the soul. It is there wherever there is spirit soul. The moment the spirit soul leaves this body, which is made up of five elements, there is absolutely no consciousness. You can burn it, you can bury it, you can cut into pieces. It's not going to revoke. It's just dead matter. That's all. So the consciousness is actually the symptom of the soul. I don't know if you're aware of near-death experiences. Some of you must have heard about near-death experiences. There is a very famous case of Pam Reynolds. On YouTube, you can actually search and watch this video of Pam Reynolds. She will explain to you that how, while she was under a very critical medical examination, she was undergoing an operation, of she was actually having a brain surgery. Oh my God, she was completely unconscious. And all the doctors were operating on her body. And then when she was back into consciousness and then she explains every detail of what was happening in the operation theater to the doctors. So that's a very beautiful case. You should really and definitely watch that video of Pam Reynolds. She will tell you that how she was able to see and have an experience, an outbody experience of, uh, you know, uh, how of all that was happening in the operation theater. Why I'm trying to say this is the body is just a machine. But there is an operator to this machine and that operator is the spirit soul. And that operator is the spirit soul. I'm taking another call uh, and uh, it is Hamsa Sufyan who is online. I want to uh, see what they want to ask a question. uh, yes, uh, I can see that uh, uh, Hamsa, Sufyan, you are online and you want to ask a question. okay, I think uh, it is still not connected. okay, now it's connected yes, Hamsa uh, uh, you have any question?
4: I recently joined your podcast and I don't know what's going on regarding discussion. First of all, I would say good morning. And how are you?
0: Yes, good morning. Welcome to the show. And uh, we are actually discussing identity crisis. We are trying to understand who we are, what is our true identity. That's our discussion today.
4: The simple answer is we are humans.
0: Yes, the simple answer is humans. But then I did not ask you what species you belong to. I asked you, who are you?
4: So, because I don't have any wisdom and I don't have a long literature. So I think it is a complex topic. So would you please elucidate it more than I can comment, comment on it easily. Uh,
0: Fantastic. I'm uh, welcome to the show, but then we have already discussed some very fundamental ideas about this concept. Um, I'm going to take it from where I have stopped so that, you know, others who have already been listening to this will uh, have a continuation. And okay. Hamza, you actually uh, listen the recorded one, but still be online because I'm going to still discuss and try to answer the question that you have asked. All right. Okay. okay so we were discussing about SQ and that is spiritual question. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of people uh, across the world who are trying to understand what is their true identity. And uh, since people don't know what is their fundamental identity, and that is why there is no happiness, people are really suffering. But now, our existence as humans is at three levels. All of you, please carefully listen to this. As human beings, we have three levels of existence. The first level is called the gross body. The gross body means That which is made up of the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, ether. Our gross body is made up of these five elements. The second level of existence is the subtle body. The subtle body comprises of mind, intelligence, and false ego. Why do I say it is a subtle? Because I cannot grossly see or feel or touch my mind. Is there anyone who has... Ever seen your mind? No, we haven't seen our mind. Every time we look into the mirror, we actually see eyes, ears, nose, hands, legs. But we haven't seen the mind. But yet we have a strong feeling and we are convinced that we do have a mind. So mind, intelligence and false ego. I'll tell you what is this false ego later. So. This comprises, these three elements comprises of the subtle body. And third level of existence is the soul. The soul has a very unique characteristics. And that is eternity, knowledge and bliss. In Sanskrit, it is called Sat, Chit and Ananda. So, we have these three different levels of existence. So when we say, a oh, person is dead, what it actually means is the gross body is dead. Just like, you know, when I'm in a room, I'm in a home and I'm in a building. When the building starts falling, I do not stay in that building. I go to another building. So similarly, the soul who is the resident within this body Will not live in this body the moment this body becomes old. Okay. Going to die. So what is death? Death is nothing but a shift from one body to another body. Let us understand scientifically. Can you please tell me what is the law of conservation of energy? Some of you are science students. What is the law of conservation of energy?
4: Basically, I am not a student of science, so...
0: No problem. Hamsa is not a science of student, but if there is anyone who is there, uh, you can let me know what is the law of conservation of energy. All right, no problem. I'll let you know. The The law of conservation of energy states that energy is neither created nor destroyed, but it is getting transformed from one body to another body, from one form to another form. So that is what the Law of Conservation of Energy says. Why I'm sharing this is because I have energy. As a human being, you have energy within you. I have energy, and that's the reason I'm able to speak and you're able to hear. So this energy, which is within me right now, is actually neither created nor destroyed. But this energy at the point of death is going to get transformed from this form to some other form. What is Newton's third law? Newton's third law is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So all the actions that I have performed in my lifetime will definitely have an equal and opposite reaction. And that is why I take a particular body. I take a certain body. I mean, uh, when we take birth... We have so many things to choose. I mean, as human beings, I can choose what type of car I want. I can choose what type of wife or a husband I want. I can choose uh, a kind of an apartment that I want. But you know what? I cannot choose certain things in my life. And especially some fundamental things in my life, like our parents. Did we choose our parents? No, we have not chosen our parents. We were just born yeah. into a family. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you know, I, can I, did I choose the country or the nation that uh, I was supposed to be born? No, I did not choose. So I did not choose my height. I did not choose the skin color. So who is choosing all these fundamental things of my life and on what basis? So these are some fundamental questions we need to ask. And that is why understanding of who am I? What is my true identity? What is the purpose of my life? And if I am a part of such a huge universe, what am I supposed to do? Okay. What am I supposed yeah. to do? What is the purpose yeah. of this life? And that yeah, is... You
4: have is. Yes. many scientific reasons and uh, you are also right, but... Uh, Uh, I think this topic is also related to religion side because these are all questions very important, but uh, I believe that uh, I have been created by my Allah Almighty and uh, being a Muslim, I don't need to think about all these uh, things, what is my identity, why I have been created, why I'm not able to choose some things and... um, uh, I have been just created to uh, pray for my Allah Almighty, and this is not an ideal world, Is not an ideal home, this is only a temporary home, and the life after here is a permanent, these are my simple beliefs, and please, I am not imposing my thoughts, anyone, these are my basic beliefs, so, because I don't need to think about all these things, because, uh, uh, why I am here, because uh, I have been created by, by my Allah Almighty. This is all. That's it.
0: I truly appreciate that thought. And uh, it just shows that uh, you definitely have a very high SQ Hamsa. And uh, that is what I was actually going to come to the point. But you know, there are many people in the world who do not believe on the statements of the scriptures blindly. So they want reasoning. They want some logical understanding. Why all these things are created. Of course, you know, Lord has created all these things. He has created all these human beings. He has created this world. But then, the question still, even if somebody believes that, yes, God has created all of us, then why there are some people who are suffering with so many diseases? Why there are some people who are born in poor families? Why there are some people who are not getting one meal a day to eat? And there are so many, on the contrary, on the contrary, there are so many people who are wealthy, who are handsome, who are strong and healthy. So why God discriminates? You know, some people may ask this question. I definitely have an answer, but I'm saying that there are people, there are people who do not.
4: I have answered in my religion because we believe if I am poor and uh, so it means Allah is is I am being tested by my Allah Almighty and Allah just want to know if I am poor then how will I react if I complain to my Allah Almighty or not. It is all about patience. Allah is just judges. Judging our patients tolerance and if someone is very rich, Allah is, He is also being tested by Allah Almighty if He, He is supposed to help the poor person or not. So we are all, I think we are all in testing phase and we are in examination center and this is our test if I have disease. So I just, so Allah wants to know how will I react.
0: Okay. I understand that point. I really understand that point. But the question is, why Allah is having different question papers for different people? Why there are some people who are truly suffering so much and there are other people on the contrary who are enjoying their life? I mean, to-
4: yeah. what will be the point if Allah Almighty eh, does not discriminate and uh, uh, everybody has the same consequences, everybody is rich, there is no disease. So I, be- we, I believe being a Muslim, what will be the point of uh, humanity? Then how, uh, how uh, we can judge everyone?
0: Okay, uh, Hamza, I see that uh, where you're coming from and uh, at the same time, my very fundamental question and today's topic, let us stick to this, today's topic. I asked you a very simple question, who are you? And the very first question when I asked you, you said it is very complicated. You said yeah. it is very complicated. Why it is complicated when you believe that yes, Allah has already created you?
4: But, but I know I, I when I listened and after listening you, I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, no, But before listening you, how could I
0: comment on your topic? Fantastic. Okay, fine. I understand. But right now, since we are discussing about identity and there are many people who are listening about this, uh, they really want to know who that real I is. You know, they really want to know what is their true existence. And I think uh, I should do justice to that particular topic today. And I'm sure I'm going to discuss it to you. Uh, sorry, I'm
4: just interrupting you. So, according to you, is there any method that can work for our identity? And is there any method that, to if I adopt it, can I know my identity?
0: Yes, definitely. And that is the spiritual process. And uh, we are gradually going to understand these topics because uh, um, there is a process. There is a definite process to understand our true identity as spirit souls. We are all part and parcels of the spiritual. Uh, exist in the supreme being that is God. You can call it Krishna. You can call it Allah. Of course, there are so many names the Lord has, but there is only one God, and we are all part and parcels of that supreme God, irrespective of what we uh, believe in. We may have different faiths to understand that particular supreme, but then He only one, just like there is only one Son. The sun is not two. There is no sun, separate sun for Hindus. There is no separate sun for Muslims. There is one sun for everyone. So similarly, there is just one God for everyone. It's just that some people in some time, place, circumstances, according to their time, place, circumstances, they call the sun as sun. Some people call it as Surya. Some people call it as, uh, you know, Bhaskara. You know, they can call it different names. The sun can be called in different names. But in substance, the sun is just one. So, anyway, coming to the real point of the discussion today as, uh, you know, knowing what is our true identity, we are spirit souls, and the spirit soul is having a certain characteristics, and that is Sat Chit Ananda. That means, the spiritual existence, as spirit souls, we are not going to die. We are not going to die. We are eternal living entities. The body dies, but the soul never dies. That is explained in the Bhagavad Gita also, that how... ...which says that actually, when the body, the soul within this body, is continuously transforming from a small body of a baby, then we become little grown-up as a boy, And then we grow up as an adult. Then we grow old. But during the whole phase of this changes within the body, the spirit soul remains constant. And the point of death, this soul leaves this body and takes up a new one. It takes up a new body. Just like when this, uh, you are wearing a certain shirt, When this shirt becomes old and useless, you throw this old shirt, which is useless, and you take a new one. So similarly, the soul, which is right now wearing this body, human body, will throw this body at the point of death and take a new body. So that is what it means, Sat. The soul is never going to die. What a relief it is. I'm telling you in my own experience, when I was in my teenage uh, and I was a college student, I used to get nightmares thinking that, oh, I'm going to die someday. And uh, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and with fear and I used to sweat and, you know, it was so much uh, tension. But then when I understood that, oh, I'm not going to die because I'm a spirit soul. There is no death. The root cause of all the fear is death. And moment you know that you're not going to die, it is actually going to take away all the fear in life. And the soul is also very knowledgeable, chit. But just- So I,
4: I can expect that you mean that our uh, true identity is our spiritual soul,
0: not our body. Absolutely, exactly. You got the point. We are spirit souls. We are not this material body which is made up of five elements. No, we are not this body at all. No, we are not this body. So we are spirit soul and we are part and parcels of God. So uh, do you have any other questions Hamsa or anybody else who wants to uh, join in and ask questions? Uh, I think that will be really very helpful to everyone who is listening. Uh, please feel free to ask questions.
4: Exactly. So, so I have a question. If uh, I do something bad, so uh, what will be the problem? Is there anything, is there a problem in my spiritual soul or is it due to my body? who is responsible for my wrong deed?
0: Good question. Very good question. See, just like I told you that we have three levels of existence. There is a gross body. There is a subtle body made up of mind, intelligence and false ego. And there is a soul. So there are three levels of existence. So now when you perform a certain action, so we perform action based on whatever current status of our knowledge. So we have certain knowledge and we try to act based on that knowledge. So, If I commit any mistake, if I commit certain sin, you should know for sure that there is a reaction to it because that is how the law of nature is. For every action, there is there is an equal and opposite reaction. For example, if I take a mango seed and I sow the mango seed, what do I expect? Do you expect expect a neem tree to come out of that mango seed? No. If I sow a mango seed, I'm going to get a mango tree. And if I sow a neem seed, I'm going to get a neem tree. So Similarly, if I sow a seed, if I perform action, which is good, I'm going to get good in return. But then if I perform some sinful activities, I'm definitely going to suffer for that. So there is bad. So now the question is, who decides what is good and bad? That is where we have to refer to the scriptures. Just like, you know, scriptures are manual. Manuals for life. When you take a mobile, when you buy, when you purchase a laptop, it comes with a manual. And you read the manual, not when the computer or the mobile hangs up. You read the manual right in the beginning, and you get to know how to operate and function the mobile or a laptop. So similarly, in life, it's not that when we end up with some problems, we go to the scriptures and read it. It actually, you take the scriptures, start reading that, And then you align your life based on the scriptures, the teachings of the scriptures. That will really help. And that is how we know what is good and what is bad. And in a very simple definition...
4: I'm still expecting your the answer, who's responsible, simple, body or soul?
0: Right now, it's not the body because body has no capacity to make decisions. The capacity to make decisions is only by the soul. So the soul is responsible.
4: Okay, so you mean there are two kinds of souls. One is bad, one
0: is good. No, absolutely not. There is only one soul within you, and that is you as a spirit soul. But then I said there is consciousness. Right now, my spiritual consciousness is covered by materialism. So this consciousness has to be purified. By a spiritual process. When you practice spirituality, when you offer prayer, there are a lot of things that we can do, uh, spiritual practices, which can purify the consciousness, the pure consciousness of the soul. But right now, since I'm entrapped in this material body, my consciousness is also affected and I act materially. That's why people are so material these days. They are really not bothered about what the soul really wants. What dear? Uh, This
4: is a very beautiful point and you explained my question in a very beautiful way and I was expecting the same answer you said. And uh, yeah, that's how because nowadays our, we are just surrounded by materialistic thoughts. Everyone is just uh, going to greedy and everybody wants to have wealth, material things, but we are not working on our spiritual
0: soul. Exactly. So, uh, this is an attempt, you know, uh, why we are discussing these topics is because so that people can come out and speak and they can actually understand what is truth, and understand how to align their lives in uh, accordance with the uh, scriptural knowledge. So, that is the point. So, we have to purify our consciousness, but right now, our mind... We have a monkey-like mind which keeps jumping from one thing to another thing constantly. And with such an unstable mind, we cannot have peace. So there is a process and we have a very beautiful dedicated session on how to tame the mind. And that's going to come up very soon. I'm going to inform all of you about that. So taming the mind is very, very important, especially for those people who want to spiritually progress. Mind is very crucial. We need to understand the function of the mind. And unless we really tame the mind, there is no question of uh, being spiritual.
4: Okay, so according to you, does prayer, uh, do prayers, uh, play their role in, uh, uh if I want to talk about uh, working on my spiritual soul and if I want to improve my spiritual soul, does prayer work
0: in Definitely. this regard? Prayers are very, very powerful. But again, uh, there are uh, people who, uh, don't understand, uh, Uh, the mood of prayer and uh, there is a prayer itself is a science. When I say prayer is not just uh, some sentimental thing. uh, I should tell you that in fact, my spiritual master, uh, he says that spirituality, uh, religion without philosophy is simply sentimentalism and uh, philosophy without religion is some fanatical idea. It's some bogus uh, mental speculation. So, uh, what I'm trying to say here is, when we pray, prayers are very powerful, but then you should actually understand the mood of prayers. And in that spiritual mood, when we offer prayers, it's going to really help all of us.
4: Exactly. But I think in this world, uh, many people, even they don't uh, believe the existence of God. And we are discussing in a very deep way on this topic so what is the reason why people even don't believe on the existence of god and they said we have no religion
0: uh we, we do not god very good i really appreciate that question and in fact uh i have a dedicated session on the existence of god itself and uh, that is where uh, all the listeners here uh, will get a benefit of understanding the existence of God, scientifically and logically. So when somebody comes and asks you uh, your faith on God, you will be able to defend yourself in a very nice way. So please don't miss out on that uh, session that we are going to come up very soon. So existence of God, definitely going to discuss in detail. All right?
4: Okay, Okay. thank you so much. And I think it, it was a very productive discussion. And I learned a lot from you. And uh, I'm going to follow you as well. And we will talk another moment. Okay.
0: Wonderful, answer. Nice talking to you. Same here. So uh, keep watching us and uh, we'll meet again. Have oh, a nice okay.
4: Day. Thank you so much. Have a nice day.
0: Yeah, sure. All right. I have discussed a few things about the soul. Uh, I know if you have, uh, you must be having some questions. But let me tell you one more thing. Now, some of you must be wondering, oh, we don't see the soul. Uh, is there uh, a way to see the soul? Uh, No, actually, we cannot see the soul through some uh, material uh, equipments. Uh, You know, you take a microscope and try to look. No, it's not going to work out like that. Uh, There is no microscope made in the world to see the spirit soul because the spirit soul, according to the scriptures, is very, very, very minute. And it is said that it is of the size of 1 by 10,000 part of the tip of the hair. You know, you take the, you take your hair and you take the tip of your hair, you cut that tip of the hair into 10,000 parts and that is the size of the soul. That's an size of the soul. And soul is subtle. You still cannot see it. But the best thing is the soul can neither be created nor destroyed. You cannot cut that soul into pieces. You cannot burn that soul with fire in fire. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita That means that actually uh, the soul cannot be burnt or cannot be withered by the wind it cannot be moistened by the water the soul is very powerful that means in fact you are very 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 powerful all of us are very powerful because we are part and parcel of the very powerful Supreme God Yes. Any questions? I uh, yes. Earlier there was a question by Echo, and he was saying that balancing that chemicals is such a way so that we can experience the other dimensions of your life. That is life. Uh, by the way, please uh, uh, excuse me with this particular uh, question that you have asked because uh, this question really is not very uh, uh, logical and scientific. Why I do say so is because many people think and believe in the charles darwin theory of existence and evolution evolution theory so basically darwin says that you know when there is chemicals you mix certain chemicals and due to the chemical combination that is how life evolved on this planet but today with all the modern understanding this theory is rejected uh, even by the scientists Why I say so is because, see, just now we all have these chemicals within our body. All of us have these chemicals within the body. And if we are actually created by the chemicals, why don't scientists take these chemicals from my body and create a life in the laboratory? It is just not possible. No scientist till date can actually claim or can say that I can create life out of taking these chemicals from the body. So that is just not possible. We are not just a bundle of chemicals. It's not possible. Oh, by the way, some people may say, no, we have created test tube babies, but test tube babies, test tube baby is nothing but, uh, you know, like you take a living cell and you take a living cell from a man and then you give an artificial environment for that living cell to grow. And uh, you create a test tube baby and in fact you can just uh, do that for one or two months and if you have to put that baby back into the mother's womb. Only then the baby grows. So test tube babies, although you say that yes, we have created life, but then you still have taken the original living cell. So without the living cell, you cannot create even test tube babies. So then the question is who created this living cell? How did this living cell get into such a complex living cell has come into existence? So it is not just chemicals, not at all. So uh, many people, we are very uh, fond of uh, appreciating scientists. Definitely there are very good scientists who are very scientific and who are very philosophical and who are very spiritual. I really appreciate. But then uh, some people have a very uh, uh, misunderstanding about science and spirituality. So, uh, you know, when a person creates some test tube baby, we all give him a Nobel Prize. But then the Lord so naturally is creating so many babies every day naturally in Mother womb, and we really don't appreciate that. So when a dog is barking on the street, nobody cares for that. But when somebody, a human being, actually barks very nicely and imitating a dog creates a barking sound, you know, people pay money, they buy tickets and go and watch him. So, we should appreciate the beautiful creation of the Lord and we are all spirit souls. Uh, Is there any question? uh, Anyone has any questions based on what we have discussed? All right. I think uh, we have uh, discussed few important fundamental aspects of identity crisis today. Uh, Although this is a very first session, uh, I'm very happy that uh, many people have joined and they have been listening to this. Um, Thank you so much for joining me and we are going to share many more important topics, many, many more important topics. So kindly join us and uh, stay tuned. All of you, please take care. Hare Krishna.